song is that? I Dream of Jeannie. Ah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch that show when you were a kid? Yeah, some. Yeah. Well, yeah I, I wouldn't think you'd be allowed to watch that. <clears throat> no, we could do all Nick at Night pretty much. Was that Nick at Night? Oh, yeah. I Dream oh, okay. of Jeannie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did that come out? When did that come out? I mean, that... That was like the 70s. Okay, yeah. So we were probably not born. Yeah, it was reruns. Yeah, it was... Okay. It was an old show when I was young. Gotcha. I figured yeah. I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched. Yeah, Bewitched. Um, I Love Lucy. I watched the... New Heart. Yeah. Have you watched any of these? Do you know what these are, what we're saying? A little bit. Okay. Not a ton. <laughs> that was not my Nick at <laughs> like Night. you were Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. Not much. A little bit? <laughs> my, <But>. Nick, <laughs> my Nick at Night was Boy Meets World and... Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was after it had shifted uh, a generation. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, exactly. See, those were the kids when I was or the kids. Those were the shows that were on when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, same. That wasn't the old the old Nick and Night stuff. That was like what was current. Did yeah. you like Saved by the Bell? Wasn't allowed to watch it. Okay. Yeah, I loved Saved by the Bell. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It was on in the afternoon. Ask my parents. <laughs> Too much kissing. Because of Mario. I don't even remember a lot of kissing. I don't know if anybody in our family ever actually watched it. You okay. know, things would just get condemned and then we just wouldn't watch it. And yep. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's easier for me to name what I what I could watch. Too many buttons unbuttoned. <laughs> By Mario and Skeeter. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was it? AC Slater. Slater. Yeah. 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 But to me, I mean, I don't, I also don't remember like pushing it or like being like, man, I really want to watch this. I don't remember it ever really appealing to me or like, like yeah. man, I got to see this. Was What was something like that where they were like, you cannot watch this and you, did you ever sneak anything? I don't know. Your folks don't listen to this, right? Let's, no, let's definitely get this not. No. <laughs> Confession. Not if I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> He's never had anything good to say. Right. They like Jared. <laughs> no. Uh, um, was there anything that you, like, I remember, I think I, maybe I shared this on the podcast. I don't remember. I remember I um, had heard uh, Thriller, Michael yeah. Jackson. I had heard, like, you know, uh, the song Thriller. Yeah. And, you know, it was, doom, doom, doom. And yeah. I was like, oh man, made me feel things. Yeah. And I, I wanted to listen to it. And so we had a fort back in the woods in Ridgeville. And uh, we we got, yeah, I, I think I told you guys this, like I took all the, I think they were C batteries, the big batteries yeah, out of my dad's something and put them in our, uh, we called them a boom box back then. <sighs> See, I would be scared to do that. I wouldn't, I mean, batteries were something dad controlled and yeah. If one was missing, he would probably know about it. And that, C batteries especially, which would be so expensive. Oh, yeah. There was a, it was the thrill. <laughs> the thriller. thriller. <laughs> it was the thriller. That's how powerful that beat was to me. And I remember I went to that fort and I listened to it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I, I'm i going to have to confess. <laughs> like, Father, I've listened to rock and roll today. <laughs> yeah. It was, but I remember pushing it for that. Um, you got anything like that? It's your happy place. I used to take piano <laughs> lessons enjoy. and... Okay. The, uh, when I was young and the teacher would have like the piano was set up and the TV was directly behind you <laughs> as you sat there and she had other kids, I think. And so the TV would be on and one, and it would usually, what would usually be on was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I couldn't oh, watch. Oh yeah. And so like, I'm trying to take this piano lesson and I'm just turning around the whole time trying to watch the show that I want to watch. <laughs> You're so, like setting up mirrors on the piano. <laughs> it's like, so I don't play piano, <laughs> to say. but you do know every episode for of failure. Uh, that show, I loved that show. 
Did you, you knew about that, right? Or were you were probably, no, you're wait, probably too oh. young for that too. I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers. Really? Okay. I wasn't allowed to watch that either. Sure, my mom was I didn't fearful that, that I would dress that up and fight kind of a dinosaur. That too. Yeah, no, I wasn't allowed to watch that either. <laughs> yeah. There was like specific issues though with that, wasn't there? Some, I don't know. Like I, I think all of like, all the Christian moms were like against that show for some reason. Yep, that's kind of like show how like Harry Potter got attacked. Um, yeah, I remember that. I also, yeah, I was a little too old for Power Rangers. I wasn't like disappointed or upset. I was like, okay, yeah. I, don't really I care. was very much GI Joe cartoon Transformers. Like I, when I would get home from school, I watched a lot of like Ducktales. Yeah, um, I did Ducktales that kind of stuff. Say by the Bell was yeah. huge. Um, what else did we watch? I, my sisters always wanted to watch like General Hospital. <laughs> It was this massive fight because I think weren't they at school? No, it came (laughs) on at like three o'clock. We were out of school at two, two thirty, I think. And we lived right by the school, and we rode the bus. And so they drop us off. We lived at a in a trailer park over in Lyria, and so they drop us off at the end of the trailer park, which was fine when the weather was okay. (laughs) Like we would have to walk, like literally, like I don't know, maybe two and a half, three miles, something like that, because we lived in the place with a grain of rice for lunch. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we'd get home, and it was a fight for the remote. Yeah, I mean a brawl. We would just sometimes I literally would get physical. Because three o'clock would come and they want to watch General Hospital um, or Days of Our Lives. And then I think it was General Hospital. It was one of those. And I'm like, DuckTales is on. And I would physically fight them. Yeah. And they were much <laughs> larger and older than I was. It was worth it. I had an unreasonable amount of speed. Yeah. That's what it was. Well, you watched a lot of G.I. Joe, so you learned your violence there. <laughs> I did, yeah. Once uh, DuckTales was on. <laughs> I loved G.I. Joe. You probably yeah. weren't allowed to watch it. Oh, that, no, I, I was allowed to watch G.I. Joe. Really? Yeah, until one day. Parents are confused. I gotta tell you. <laughs> what? That's, you know, good military service, patriotic. Is it? Until one morning. You got a man <laughs> I used that's to watch a snake. Yeah. That's literally <laughs> Satan in the Garden of Eden. Hey, I don't know, man. Uh, until Cobra, one morning. Cobra Commander. Until one morning, we were pretty sure that one of, one of the characters said, Damn. Ah, okay, yeah. And it, to this day, it's I'm not sure if it really happened. The yeah. medic got injured, oh. and they're like carrying him up this hill. And yeah. uh, you know, what do you do when the medic's injured? <laughs> and and there was this moment where it was like, did he just say "damn"? Right. So anyway, after that, the show was banned. I couldn't do GI mm. Joe anymore. Yeah. But I collected GI Joe, so I had like a bunch of the I had. I did too. I would trade with my friends. And oh like, yeah, we had the whole, the whole collection thing. The yeah. medic's name was Dan. All along, Dan. it probably was not. Dan. I can't Lieutenant imagine they Dan. actually said that. I think I, I, it was. They would never get away with. That I wouldn't back think then. so. Like yeah. I, I, I think it was. I don't know. All confusion, but yeah, yeah. From then on, it was Flintstones before school. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you it. get into Flintstones like Jetsons. Beverly Hillbillies and Gilligan's Island? Yeah, and we all watched that. that. Yeah. Oh man, I got to tell you, I don't feel, and I'm saying this, and now I'm realizing maybe maybe they do, but I feel like TV theme songs used to be good. Oh yeah, like well thought out. Do they still? Do well, they that? don't make them anymore. <clears throat> they okay. kind of they kind of got cut for more commercial space. Oh, because they used to be like jingles, a minute or two, like a oh, full yeah. two minutes, where you introduce the whole cast and yeah. But now it's they need it for they need that time for commercials. Woke up at two twenty six in the morning uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, singing the Growing Pain song in my head. I was concerned that I wasn't going to be able to fall back asleep because I couldn't <laughs> shut it off. <laughs> I just said, show me that smile. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, man, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Gilligan's Island. I remember taking trips, um, like field trips. Yeah. And we'd all sing that on the bus. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Good times. It was. <laughs> It was a simpler time back then. Yeah. Three hours. I'll never know. Now you'll never know. <laughs> did you ever get to go rent a movie from like a blockbuster or a Hollywood video? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you? Okay, so oh, yeah. you, you didn't miss out on that. I was born in 92. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, I don't know. Blockbuster was a big deal for a while. It was such a great experience. I, I'm sad that Henry's not going to experience that. There's something about having to sit there and just like read everything. Yeah. And then you get up there and you're like, look at all these snacks. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Now? It was, and then the disappointment when you would get there and the thing you wanted to rent was gone. Oh, man. Yeah. It was just horrible. You'll never yeah, know. The cover kids. was there. Yeah. Right. The cover was but there. There's no empty. Right. And then you go to the counter and you'd be like, did anybody return this? And they're like, if, we, if they would have, we would have put it back. Yeah. Like we would have <laughs> done our job. Yeah. And then the pressure of having to return it. Yeah. That's why they went to, like, I think that Redbox thing mm-hmm. and then Netflix. Yeah. Does Netflix still do the... Yeah. They do. They do. They'll rent the, the DVDs. They'll mail, they'll mail it to you still, yeah. Really? Yeah, that still exists. Who is doing that? <laughs> uh, I guess... Who's in the basement <laughs> Not Netflix? Doing the, doing the mail run? <laughs> I meant who's actually requesting it. <laughs> or that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I just thought you meant who's doing the job, and right. what came to mind was Will Ferrell and Elf in the mail room. <laughs> like shooting these yeah. DVDs out. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Happy Day, Happy Valentine's Day. You Thank guys you. do anything? Nope. No? Yeah, it's no. either. Yeah, nothing. It's the first time I texted my wife, happy Valentine's Day, I really? think, this yeah. morning. Yeah, we remember because Henry, you know, he's got a Valentine's Day party today, and well, I'm oh, sure yeah. your kids do. Yeah, they too. do. Yeah. Yeah, there was, Rachel and I, I think when we were when we were recording, and even when we were, you know, married early on, I would always get her like a pile of chocolate and stuff like that. Did you mean dating? I said courting. Oh, I thought you said recording. No. <laughs> I said courting. We were recording. Rachel and I were recording in that band we were in in the 90s. The podcast they used to do. <laughs> right. right. Rachel and I had a podcast together. <laughs> courting. Got it. Yeah. When we were, yeah, dating. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, early on in our marriage, I'd get her, like, chocolate and stuff like that. But then you, you get to be in your, like, mid-30s and mid-40s. Yeah. And you're like, I got her packet, brandy pack of M&Ms. Did you? Okay. Yeah. From here? Uh, from here, from here, oh, the no, old I, Halloween candy. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> no. yeah, there you go. Yeah, Is, isn't courting when the parents are very involved? I got to tell you, I can't believe you're hanging on this word. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just. <laughs> like, what I do gotta you mean from me right now? <laughs> I don't think courting implies the parents are involved. Usually, I guess they are because it's a more conservative term. But yeah. I don't think it implies they're involved. Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to learn on the podcast. Okay, I don't, I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't feel like you're trying. To <laughs> I I meant I said that in a jest. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't officially know what courting is. I assumed it was the process of getting to know a young man yeah. or, or woman. Um, I think it's a little more intentional. Yeah. Yeah. To move toward marriage. It's right. Pre-marriage. There's a dowry involved. <laughs> right. At least one heifer. <laughs> at least one heifer. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, have at least one heifer to be courting. <laughs> is that, I don't, I don't, yeah. Maybe we should look this up. Someone, someone will tell us. Oh, yeah. What it, what it I, means. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad I didn't say So here's what we're doing. I brought this uh, for the listener. I'm pulling out my lunchbox. Oh, no way. So, oh, yeah. My. I brought some pocket cheese. Did you really? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, Whoa. Whoa, new. That's called a callback. Yeah. Just, just for those who Did are listening. Did you bring food watching. or are you just going to take? Was I supposed to? I, <laughs> you just plan on taking today. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so you can have half of my. No one told me this. My pocket cheese. <laughs> I tell you, 
We'll get Why into this here in a second. Food? Did I miss something? For the listener, I'm also pulling out some hand sanitizer. Oh my! Just in case it's chilled. <laughs> What's going on? So uh, a very kind and thoughtful listener uh, several weeks back. It was right before uh, I got COVID, and that's why they had hand sanitizer. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> this is very. Is sealed. this gonna be friendship bread? No, it's not. <laughs> I hope so. It's gonna give no. us friendship. Bread. I'm giving you breakup croutons. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'd like to end this relationship. Courting croutons. Courting croutons. I wouldn't say that if I were you, Chad. Chad doesn't like that term. It's a good band name. So uh, we were talking about snacks, like road snacks and stuff like this. And this very kind listener uh, gave the podcast um, some beef jerky. Wow. Yeah. And this is is peppered uh, beef jerky. And uh, they they did give it to me like a, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it doesn't expire until the year 3000. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't expire. He can it doesn't, stop there. No, no. <laughs> it, uh, expiration is 5-3-2024. Uh, and so we were talking about, I don't know when the last time you guys had beef jerky was. I feel like probably pretty recently, right? No? It's all the minute. time. Yeah. You have it all the time? Yeah, I, I'm doing the low-carb thing, so that's a very common. Oh, yeah. I actually have biltong. So you've regularly. got... You've got um, what I thought we could do is uh, want to eat this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Those perfect. They're going to love that. No, 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 that makes no, no, no. Great well, podcasting. It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I, I want to know if uh, it still hurts to eat beef jerky, right? Because we talked about like the chewing. But if you've been gnawing on this for yeah. a while, then you might be in. How's your jaw? What kind of shape you got? And not Jack Links. That's, that's soft stuff. Is it soft? Oh, yeah. I haven't. Uh, Oh, I gotta tell you, <laughs> edit this out, Jerry. No, I can no edit. You leave this. Jerry. Zoom in. Is there a way to zoom in? Here we go. Now you can already smell that. Now what do you got there? Are we doing? Are we gonna do meat and cheese? Meat and cheese on the podcast. It's <laughs> a new segment we're introducing. This, this is our Valentine's Day meal. This is yeah for one another. Mark hates every. I did not expect <laughs> any of this. I don't know what is going on. We didn't talk about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> we just no. we thought today's a day of romance. The gals get Galentines, and <laughs> this is we get meat and cheese day. <laughs> <laughs> this is Broentines. That's nothing. That's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, that's some sort of diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. You have Broentines. I'm so sorry. Uh, so right now, I'm getting a real strong uh, pepper smell. Emil's getting that. Oh, yeah. So I've sanitized. I'm going to pull out this nugget here. And Chad, if you'd like to partake, no pressure here. And again, yeah. freshly sanitized. And uh <laughs> I see. Would you like to describe uh, to the listeners? Well, Mark just went right forward. Like, oh, they're not supposed to? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Right. I'll we pull got, it back out. No, no. Do that. I'll pull it back out. There we go. Oh, it's so shiny. <laughs> there it is. It. I would like you to describe what, you, what you've got there. Uh, pocket cheese, of course, referring to Pastor Mark's, um, I would say, gross yeah. habit of warming cheese in his pants. Got it out of my <laughs> fridge when I had to pick something up from the house during okay. lunch hour. Yeah. Put it in my hoodie. And now it's at perfect yeah. nice dining temperature. Now yeah. let's be. I, I would like, excuse me. I'd like honesty. The peppers get in my nose here. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop now. Oh no. Um, was that just for show, or were you planning on sharing that? What was the deal with that there? I just was. <laughs> I just was going to eat it. <laughs> okay, so you don't. Have, you don't have to share. 
<laughs> I didn't figure. I, I don't want to ask for your cheese. Like, <laughs> I figured you didn't want the cheese out of my hoodie pocket. Well, it's not loose. It's in a wrapper. For Pete's sakes, like that would be wow. very, very different. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, Mark, you can reinsert that All uh, right. in your mouth. I'm just gonna take a bite here. Reinsert. Uh huh. And it's just softer than normal. <laughs> it's very peppery. Yeah. It's not overly peppery. Let's go on the road. What are we doing here? Yeah, this is unbelievably soft. I feel like jerky used to be really hard to chew. What are they doing now? They're just not not drying it as much? Or is it that? The silica gels. Is that what it is? Yeah. That packet? That packet makes it so it doesn't get that chewy. If you had, wow. if you went to like Grandpa's Cheese Barn in Ashland and you got real beef jerky, yeah, that would be very tough. Grandpa died. Really? A couple months ago, yeah. Wow. R.I.P. I didn't know that. Yeah, he passed away. Amazing beef jerky that yeah. you'd, you wouldn't be able to chew. You'd, you'd kind of big league chew it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you'd keep it in your gums for the whole ride. I think that's, yeah, this was, I mean, very pleasant experience. Yeah. For me, I enjoyed that. What are you, what are you eating at home when you jerky it up? I eat biltong, actually. It's a different kind of jerky. It's air dried, I think. It's like a different process. It's it's much chewier. It's probably more what you're thinking. Okay. It's Why do you do much that? Much harder to chew. You just like the flavor better, or no? Because typically they make it with no sugar. Like th- even this has a good amount of sugar in it. Does it? Yeah. Um, yeah but biltong is always like no sugar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this says yeah. If you ate the whole thing, you had 20 grams of sugar. Look See, that's a- so. Chad is now sharing cheese. <laughs> this is guilt cheese. <laughs> This is guilt cheese. cheese. This was too small. <laughs> Need a good so, slice for Mark here. There we go. I don't what touch we... another man's pocket cheese. <laughs> you don't want it? Okay. Come on. It was in a wrapper. <laughs> it's perfect temp. All right. Pocket cheese is a very intimate thing. It's something uh, It's personal. Something well, a man I mean, does it, for and, himself. And look at this. Look at this gesture of kindness uh, straight from here. See, this is a good temperature. I would go a little bit longer. Would you? Yeah, a little bit longer. Now... Could be Mark, little, can you taste uh, which pocket this was a in? Softer. What this do you think? Tastes like front left. Front left. Yeah. Chad, where was it? I'm saying hoodie. That's what I told you. Hoodie pocket. I'm yeah, saying okay. that because you told me that. <laughs> Good. Because <laughs> you listened. <laughs> and I was trying to explain that Mark doesn't listen to you. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Well, this was perfect. Now, I noticed you're actually stringing this out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I rolled mine up mm-hmm. and made it into a wad of cheese, and then put it in the. Either is out. perfect. So, anyways, I kind of wanted to, I wanted to treat you guys on Valentine's Day. Thank you. <laughs> treat the listeners. I just wanted to treat the listeners. Some right. lip smacking. Yeah. It, material. No, I think it was okay. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, thank you so much to the very uh, kind listener for uh, this uh, wonderful gift of Jack Link's beef jerky. It was very good. I just destroyed this package. Um, I'm ready for the road. And Chad, thanks for sharing your thanks for sharing your cheese. Perfect timing. Yeah, that was very very good. That's good. wild. <laughs> we it's, really it is very odd. We really did not plan that. No, no. What what was your plan? When were you gonna bring that cheese out? Um, I didn't know if we had something planned to open the podcast with, so I was gonna say, guys, I'm very excited. <laughs> Got some pocket cheese. Okay. And then I was just gonna eat it when. Either of you were answering a question. How premeditated was this? Just this morning, you're like, look at that cheese. 
So I had one of those little quinoa bowls. I think he got here and remembered it was in his pocket. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He was like, oh, no. <laughs> I had one of those little quinoa bowls. That was it for lunch that I've been bringing yeah, in. Yeah. Very tiny portion. And I was just extra hungry. And I had to run home for something. And um, I looked in the fridge and grabbed a grabbed cheese. string cheese. You guys keep string cheese. Ledger like that? Oh, Ledger eats so much string cheese. Does That's he? why we always have it. Yeah. Henry's got that yeah. uh, milk allergy. And... I can't wait. It's hopefully he'll be able to grow out of it. I can't wait for him to have like real cheese. He has this, he has cheese at home. It just does not yeah. taste good. Yeah. And we've tried every brand and there's just this funk to it. Like oh, this. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking oh about. Boy. Like if you hide it in certain things, like you, <laughs> like, like a grilled cheese can be passable. Yeah. Uh, somewhat. Cause, but then he does non-dairy butter. No. Uh, mm. Which you guys prefer real butter or margarine? Have we talked about this? Real butter for me. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't buy margarine. No. Yeah, yeah we do butter um, as well. I grew up on margarine. Those, I did too. Those yellow things of margarine. Yeah. But Henry has to have, that's basically what he's eating because it's, you know, a bunch of, you know, oil yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so I can't wait for him to have like real cheese, real ice cream. Yeah. It's one of Ledger's favorite words. Hey, buddy, what do you want to eat? Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> cheese. Cheese, please. Cheese, <laughs> please. Yeah. It's good. Um, well, what happened? Let's welcome people. Welcome to the Atrium, a Hope Christian Church podcast. My name is Neil. I'm a lead pastor here at Hope Christian Church. And to my right, this fine cheese wielding gentleman is. <laughs> I'm Chad. I'm the student pastor here at Hope. I'm Mark. I'm the adult pastor. And this is episode 45, nice. I believe. 45. Um, and what we're going to do today is we've got a couple of questions we're going to answer like normal. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, Sunday, but Sunday was a big announcement. Uh, we are going back to three services and I'm excited, uh, about this. We're adding a noon service on Sunday. We're going to keep the other two service times, the nine o'clock and the 1030, we did three services before. We did 8.45, 10.15, 11.45. And um, this time I thought, let's just keep it, you know, where we're at now. It seemed to be working for people's schedules. But I'm excited. There's been um, a lot of life, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of people um, coming to church. And we've already this year have seen a lot of baptisms. And so uh, it's been it's been very good. And I wasn't sure if we would ever get back to... I don't know if you guys ever think about it or not. I, I think, you know, obviously the nature of my role is to think about these things maybe a little bit more, but I didn't know if we would we would ever get back to that place where we, you know, would grow out of the space that we had um, because things have, even, you know, a year ago were significantly, uh, last, I, I think I mentioned we were averaging about th- uh, January of last year, um, 300 and I think it was 76 people. And so... Um, it's been good. It's been very, very good, and it's very exciting to see see that. I'm excited that people are coming. A lot of the interactions that I'm having with people, and I, you know, you guys have shared this. You shared this where people have been connected to the church online for, yeah, in some time, some cases, years. Yep. Um, and I forget that you know, I mean, COVID was nearly, or the start of COVID was nearly three years ago. Mm-hmm. That seems, I don't know, if it seems like that's gone really fast. I mean. Yeah. Like in a couple of months. I mean, it was what the end of March and beginning of April of 2020 where COVID um, first emerged. And so it's been three years of just kind of wondering, you know, would, um, 
would people come back? Would they stay online? And a lot of the interactions that I'm having with people are, we've been watching on, you know, online and, you know, now we're, we'd like to come, come back and be in person. And a couple of weeks back, I shared about how they're, they're just so different. Like online is great and it's a wonderful supplement, but there is nothing like being with the body mm-hmm. and being with people. And so much of that is not just, you know, that corporate worship, you know, singing and taking communion together and hearing from God's word together. It's the fellowship. It's the kind of that community that happens afterwards. It's those little moments and um, touches that you can make with people. And uh, Henry and Rachel, I mean, we, we've all been, you know, kind of battling sickness. And so they haven't been here much. And Henry just craves that time. He's always, you know, I want to go play. He, he talks about Oscar and Vade and CC a lot. And um, Mark is very kind to kids and they're very, um, very fun. Uh, and Henry has a ton of fun to, you know, playing with them. And so he like craves that, that relationship. Yeah. And ever since I'm like, what'd you learn in the East wing? And he's just like, Jesus. He's like, did you see Oscar and I were playing drums <laughs> every week? His answer is Jesus. And I'm like, I have access to your curriculum. <laughs> like I'm not teaching against Jesus, but you're learning about more than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to shut me up. Um, Henry's excited because now he, he wants to go to the third service. Like he missed being in service. Um, so he's going to go to the East Wing, you know, uh, for second service. And then Rachel will attend two services. <laughs> so <laughs> she's glutton for punishment. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. And uh, we'll be reminding people of that Um through Facebook, <clears throat> other social media platforms that, that we have access to uh, this week and over the next couple of weeks, just reminding people about that as well. So it's kind of a, a good thing. Uh, but Sunday, we kicked off a brand new sermon series called The Flesh. And what we're doing in this series is we're we're back in Galatians 5. We we're in Galatians 5. That's where our theme for the year came from. Uh, in the Now What series, Live by the Spirit. And Paul gives us this list of the works of the flesh. And... We're going to go through that list, you know, sometimes three at a time this past Sunday, we kind of covered three and it's interesting when you kind of step back and look at them, there's groups to them. Um, and, and the majority of the groups are in that order. Um, this week we'll be talking about idolatry and sorcery. Uh, and then, um, we're just going to kind of go through that list. And even though the list isn't comprehensive, it's enough of a list that I think, uh, hopefully we can grow from. And the idea is to get practical with it. We want to live by the spirit and <clears throat> the Holy spirit of God through his word is the one who tells us what, what to do. And, and, and you know, uh, convicts us and, and leads us through that process of repentance and, and nudges us, but we actually, have, there's things we have to do. Like we actually have to do some stuff, um, as well. We have to respond to that. So that's very much what this series is going to be about. And Sunday was uh, a very mature uh, topic. We talked about sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality. And I kind of gave that disclaimer on the front end of um, the service for any parent or any person that might be triggered by some of that language. But the idea behind Sunday was to, you know, take this list that Paul gives us and go, okay, he starts with... He starts with sex. That's what he starts with. And I think that there's, I think that there's, um, a reason for that. And you see all throughout scripture, you know, the damage that sexual immorality, sexual perversion can do, uh, in a person's life. It affects, you know, the people in their life. It affects them. It affects their relationship with the Lord. And so wanted to kind of hunker down and talk about that a little bit. And then 
give a practical way and the practical way to move past or not move past, but hopefully push through and see some victories uh, in the area of um, sexual immorality was to follow that instruction from Ephesians chapter five to kind of expose that sin and drag it into the light. And so the push on Sunday was for people to find somebody that they know, love and trust that, and that person knows and loves and trusts Jesus and is a is a, a faithful follower of his and expose that, whether that's in a marriage or whether that's not. And I shared a little bit about my story and Rachel's journey through that. Um, and I never, <clears throat> I never talked to Rachel about sermons at all. Um, I don't really talk to anybody about them. I, I find that that, I, I, I shouldn't say I work, well, I'm more comfortable just doing that on my own and wrestling through it um, in that way. And some people are very collaborative. I'm, I'm not that way, but Rachel has, Rachel comes in and she doesn't know what's coming like anybody else would. Um, but I talked to her about this one, uh, because this, this, uh, story involved her as well. And, and one of the reasons I brought Rachel in was because I wanted to give her, you know, permission because she's a part of that story. And <clears throat> I didn't want to overstep or share if she wouldn't be comfortable with that. Right. She also didn't want to look, uh, she, she didn't want to be pitied. You know, that was 12 years ago for us. And um, there's been significant growth in our marriage. The Lord has blessed me with a, an amazing wife. And I'm so thankful for, for her. And, you know, I said in second service, I got a little choked up in second service. And part of it was she was sitting there. <laughs> like yeah. I made eye contact with her and I was like, it's odd because like the way that I preach, and I think you, I think you guys probably both do similar where you, you like kind of outline it and manuscript it and you just get it all out there and then you just pack it in. And so for me, like Sundays, uh, I think it was 26 pages, but it's not a, a legit 26 pages. Sometimes there's, you know, maybe 50 words on a page. It's just the way that I can memorize it. And so internally I'm always thinking about the page and trying to craft it and when I talked about, you know, the story with Rachel, like, that's not something that I write down. I don't need to right. write that down. I lived it. And so I was off, off there. And then I, you know, just kind of caught her eye and it was this, it was almost like this Rolodex of just her extending grace to me in the last, Rachel and me together since, you know, for 18 years we've been together. That's a long time for, for me. It was particularly long for her. She's only 35, you know, it's, more than half of her life we've yeah. been together and just thinking about all the ways that she has um, extended grace uh, to me and supported me and, 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 and at times led me and pushed me to do things and I was feeling overwhelmed by that, but I wanted to give her the opportunity to say, no, don't share that. And, but she didn't hesitate. She was like, no, that's a part of our story. And it's, you know, was a really um, big turning point in our marriage. And, that that was one of the things I wanted to really communicate. It wasn't like, oh, look at us, we got we got through it, Be, because that's something that, and I've shared it here. I've shared it like I still struggle in that area of fighting fighting lust. Um, there's just it's just it is easier now than it was before, and to have a partner and an advocate, somebody with you that you know, is aware of it. It really does that a lot of that sin just loses its power over your, your life. But I wanted to share that, you know, as a married person, because 
I've done so much marriage counseling over the years and even premarital counseling where, where there's since not open communication as it relates to sexual intimacy in, in a marriage. And part of that is, I think, exposing those areas where you're not, th- those secret things um, that you're, you're holding, holding back, whether it's, uh, you know, things from uh, your past. And I'm not suggesting you need to go back and review everything in your past. I don't think that it's necessarily healthy, but if it's still with you, then it's not really your past. If you're still thinking about the girlfriend or the boyfriend that you had in high school, that's not you bringing up your past. That's your present because you're, you're currently doing it. And so just wanting to hopefully encourage people, uh, to, you know, be obedient to the scripture and really work towards that, that thing that winds up being such a taboo thing to talk about. And so Sunday was interesting. You could hear, you'd hear a pin drop in the room. Like every, it was like everybody was, was yeah. locked in because everybody experiences it. And, um, so I'm excited about this series, really talking about practical things. Uh, you're going to be talking about jealousy and envy. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Bob is going to be preaching on fits of rage and these outbursts of anger. And so uh, I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do through you guys as well. But um, yeah, that was Sunday. And this week is, again, sorcery and idolatry. And sorcery is an interesting one. <laughs> it's like uh, if you've ever seen The Prince's Bride where, you know, Vincini always says inconceivable. And Ingham and Toy goes, I don't think that means what you think it means. Yeah. That, that's what sorcery is. <laughs> it's one of those things where we really study. It's not necessarily what we think it is, yeah. um, but it's closely tied to idolatry. It's an interesting, so I'm excited to share that as well. Uh, but we've got a couple of questions today. We're get, we're taking a week off from fasting questions. No fasting questions. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually eating on the show. Finally, (laughs) this is what people really wanted. (laughs) Um, So I'll read uh, this first question and then um, we'll just kind of go in in order. Chad, I don't know if you want to start with this one, but I'll read it. Uh, So this was a bit of, if you're watching on camera, you can see a lot of words here. Uh, Some of this was not for the podcast. Some of this was for me and this individual um, to, to go over, but this was for the podcast. So general question. How do we strike the balance between surrounding ourselves with fellow believers and discipling discipled disciples, and that comes from a sermon that Pastor Mark did, uh, with also sharing God's Word with non-believers? How do we surround ourselves with fellow believers and then share God's Word with non-believers? I know we're called to do both, but I'm having trouble striking a balance that feels right. It's certainly way more comfortable and easy for me to be friends with and in social circus circles with only believers. After all, we are warned about bad company in 1 Corinthians 15.33. On the other hand, I don't want to let my comfort prevent me from being bold and sharing God's word with non-believing friends because I feel very compelled to do that as well. Thanks for taking the time to read through all of this. What do you got? Well, good. There is a balance to strike here. First um, Corinthians fifteen thirty three: bad company corrupts good morals, is what it says there um, in full. Um, I would say sometimes what I hear out of context is Christians should be known for their love, and so we say, well, we should be known for our love to the world. And the main thing that the Bible is teaching there is that um, we are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're to, to model Christ's love to one another in such a dynamic, powerful way that it's potent to the rest of the world, that they see it, 
and they go, oh, that's what true love looks like. That's what God's love looks like. Um, So in 1 John, John writes about God's love, the love that we're to have toward one another and how that is supposed to affect the world around us. Um, 1 John 4, 10 is where I'll start. It says, love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. In other translations, that says that we become the full expression of God's love to those around us. Uh, And so... The first and foremost thing we need to focus on is loving one another as brothers and sisters in Christ as part of Christ's (laughs) church and just letting that be our testimony to those around us. Um, But they're saying, you know, do I just hang out with my Christian friends? Because I do feel this call. I do feel, um, you know, this urge to tell those around me in my workplace and in in other settings in my life about the good news of Jesus. And you absolutely should do that because that's the Great Commission. As a disciple, that's what we're called to do. Um, and I don't think it's unwise to have people in your life who don't know Christ. You know, my, my wife and I are, are um, trying to plan out having a dinner party for friends we haven't seen in a long time, m- mostly due to COVID and just things being changed and adjusted in everybody's lives or people moving to, to other locations and trying to gather some people that I know are not Christians, but every time I have them over and they're in my life, because of the love that we display, Christ's love that we display, I mean, these people aren't even offended. They just ask me, how's church? Yeah. They could care less about church. <clears throat> right. But because they have a relationship and friendship with me, and they trust us, and we've been in their lives for years, they want to know how you're doing. And they know that that matters to you. And that's really important for them to, um, you know, at least rub shoulders with that and and hopefully see the love of God and that it is far greater. It is the purest form of love they can ever experience in this world. And hopefully, my, my hope is that they will um, continue to be curious and come to know Christ. And, and it's not because of me and I'm, I'm doing such a good job at loving them, but it's being obedient and hoping and praying that God would um, be in their life and actually capture their heart. Um, whether that's through me, my wife, my family, our relationships with them, that would be great. But if it's through somebody else, because, you know, I got the chance to plant seeds, that's phenomenal as well. You know, we talked about the friend group that you've had from Lakewood over for Christmas and things. And I've I've asked questions like, is that what we're supposed to be spending time doing? You know, I feel like that is a good thing. I feel uh, compelled to do this kind of stuff like this uh, person's asking. So. I don't know if you want to share some of that. That's always been um, yeah. you know, helpful to me that, yeah. that you have that friend group from years ago that you continue to be in the life of and share the good news. Yeah, I think, um, and what I appreciate about this is this person is, you know, feeling that that tension mm-hmm. um, with wanting to be around other believers, and that's, that's good, right? That lends itself to unity. You yeah. said uh, last week, you know, the New Testament pushes unity, and it does. You think yeah. about, you know, the unity, uh, and if you don't want to be around people, then you can be unified with them. This is one of the reasons why we're like, online church is not the same as church in person. Like, you, you're you together, you're in a community with people. Um, we want to be careful with 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 33. Um, 
if you look at that, it says, do not be deceived. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bad company ruins good morals. If you look at that, that, that phrase, bad company ruins good morals is in quotes. And so it's, it's likely from, from everything that I could find, everything that, that I've studied on this. And I, I actually used that section of scripture, um, in the grace series talking about dating. Mm-hmm. That likely comes from, but what Paul Paul's likely quoting, um, there was a a a Greek uh, comedic poet, almost like your Jerry, like a Jerry Seinfeld of the day, and his name was was Menander, and he's probably was the most prevalent uh, Athenian new comedy poet. He wrote tons of plays, and that quote is attributed to him. What Paul is likely doing is quoting. A secular source, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. um, but not not unusual. This happens in scripture sometimes, and the idea here is that bad company ruins good morals. <clears throat> is not a command to never be around somebody that isn't a believer. Right. And when you look at the that word company, you know it's kind of lending itself to like a tight knit relationship. Um, another way you could translate that word would be gang. Like think about a gang, you know, you make a pledge to a gang, you're in the gang, you're with the gang all the time. Mm. Um, this is the reason, one of the reasons that I used it for dating because the, the goal of dating is marriage. There is no stronger gang than <laughs> marriage, like the two become one flesh. So what this isn't is this isn't, um, it's, it's to be viewed more like a proverb. Like the Proverbs, when you read through Solomon's Proverbs, they're not hard, fast cause and effects. You know, trading child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll stick with it. Well, hang on. Like you, we know lots of parents that have raised up their kids. They were raised in a Christian home, in there. These kids want nothing to do with Jesus. So what's going on there? So that's to be viewed more as kind of like a like a proverb. Like this, it's a general truth. A general. I shouldn't even say truth. It generally happens that if you surround yourself regularly with bad company, and bad company doesn't necessarily mean, bad company is, is also what you take in. It's, it's association. So it's not necessarily just like you're hanging out with somebody all the time. But let's say that there's a particular podcast that you like to listen to that is uh, not honoring to the Lord and you're taking it in all the time. Like that is also bad company. This can also mean in written form as well. So it's not that, you know, you can never be around somebody that isn't a believer because that can't be the case because we're called to be salt and and light and salt. If in, I cover this in evangelism 101, salt is different than light. Salt is sharing the gospel with your words. You have to make contact, right? In order for salt to be realized uh, for as a flavor enhancer, as a preservative, it has to make contact with the meat. And then light is uh, showing the gospel with your actions. Mm -hmm. And you can do that from a little bit of a distance. And so this individual uses the right word balance, right? You want to find a balance between those things. But I wanted to just kind of bring caution in the wind, like what Paul is doing in first Corinthians 15 is he not, he's not giving us permission to remove ourselves from the world uh, in any way, shape or form. He it's, it's the great commission commission does the opposite of, of that. We think about what Jesus says, you know, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's, it's the sick. And so 
the world outside of Christ is sick. They're sick with sin, and they need Savior. They need the medicine. They need Jesus. And we are. He's the ultimate physician, but let's say we're the the nurses <laughs> that actually hand the prescription. We don't write the prescription. God wrote the prescription. It's our job to carry the prescription to the world and go, this will fix you. This will help you out. And you can't do that if you view people um, as bad company and you're perhaps concerned or, or maybe overly concerned that they're going to drag you drag you down. Um, Mark, what do you think? Will you get thoughts? Yeah, the gospel is very relational. Um, it, you know, Christ, Christ could have just sent a Bible, but he sent himself. He came himself to be relational, and the gospel spreads relationally, I think, first and foremost. Um, and so I think we need those. Like, we are we're called to spread the gospel. That's God's plan. It's to be done through us. So it has to happen through us somehow. We have to have these relations relationships somehow. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think what she's saying is very understandable when she mm-hmm. says certainly comfortable and easy for me to be with friends in social circles with only believers. She's going to, I think, I think she'll find that becomes more and more the case as she becomes more and more holy. Um, as she becomes more like Christ, the world is going to push away from her more and more. Um, and we're, we're to expect that. Jesus said, don't be surprised when the world hates you. They hated me first. Right. And they're going to hate you too. And if she has friends that she's hanging out with regularly that um, aren't following Christ, uh, God will either grant them faith or they will start to not like her or not to not, not, I won't say not like her, but not like who she, the light that she's shining. Well, they'll just have less in common. The and more I, foundational. And I, I found that personally, mm-hmm. like there, there's friends I've had from college. That I just don't keep in touch with anymore. And, and, uh, Brandy, my wife is, she's very relational and she holds on to every relationship. Like she's friends with people from elementary school still and like they still stay in touch and like and she's she's capable of managing a ton of relationships and she's she holds that all dear um but i i'm i'm more inclined to let them go um just because yeah we have less stuff in common like there's um i've had very close friends that i don't keep in touch with anymore because uh we, we you know it's not for lack of uh evangelizing it's it's people that know the gospel and they've chosen one way and i've i've chosen another Mm. um and as as that you know there's only so far a friend i think there's only so far a friendship can go um to the point where you know to to quote another secular source you know neuroscience says what were the we tend to be the average of the four people we hang out with the most. Mm. So consider the four people you hang out with the most and you end up being the average of those four people. Mm. And that kind of goes into the good company, you know, bad company corrupts good morals, that sort of thing. You know, so we're either going to be influenced by one thing or another. And that typically tends to be the people in our life. And are the people in our life going to be showing us light and truth? Or are they going to be showing us the world? Um, so I understand what she says. It's more comfortable for me to do that. Yeah. But that that take that to the extreme, and that leads to monasticism and being a monk and going out and separating yourself from the world. And that's not that's not our call either. Mm-hmm. Our, our call is to be uncomfortable and to spread the gospel because spreading the gospel is very uncomfortable sometimes. Um, and and if that means forsaking friendships, then we're called to do that. Mm. If we're to take a, the gospel to our friends and family 
knowing that there's a chance that could end the relationship. That's what we're called to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, it is a balance, I think of how, you know, going slow with some people, but if you're, I don't know, I think naturally it just, you have different priorities and you, and you grow in different ways and, and you tend to grow, can grow apart. And there's no striking a balance. I understand the the thinking behind that, but there is never going to be pure balance, true balance where it's 50, 50. No, there is people are gifted in different ways. Earlier today, we we're talking about a particular individual that we, the gift of evangelism. I mean, not balanced yeah. <laughs> at all. Just it's, it's unbelievable yeah. uh, how the spirit, you know, works through this individual. You're going to have, you're gifted one way or the other. Uh, this particular individual seems to be gifted with going up to complete strangers and the, the spirit leads him to do that at the right time He's, and gives them the right words to say. And then these people show up in church and not just show up, they stay. Yeah. So you, you're never going to be truly balanced and that scale is going to tip based on season of life as well. Um, this for sure. person goes on to say, and, you know, thanks for taking the time to read it as a pastor. I'm assuming the majority of your friendships are with other believers, but I'm curious how you approach this in your own family. Uh, and that's like, I'm at this season in, in my life where I have very little interaction with people that aren't believers or claim to be believers. I mean, my time is spent working with guys that are believers, uh, the interactions that I have uh, with people where I'm actually talking to them are typically on Sunday mornings. It's the people that I run into at Target that I talk to come to the church. People yeah. I see at the gym, for the most part, 90% of them come to the church. Uh, so my experience is that, yeah, I don't have much interaction. And so I try to, I mean, <laughs> the person that cuts my hair comes to the church. My physical therapist comes to the yeah. church. Like literally everybody I talk to or has some kind of, of connection. And so the way that I approach this in, in my life is recognizing that where the Lord has me right now, my primary job is discipleship through connection. It isn't discipleship through conversion. It's my job to equip God's people to go out and do that evangelism. Um, and so, but there's seasons to that before I worked, you know, at, at hope and I was coming back into, you know, faith. I, I was, you know, away from the church for a long time and away from the Lord, you know, uh, for a long time where I wasn't living a life that was honoring to him. When I started to kind of come around that I would use those opportunities I had when I was in staffing to, to try to make those connections as best as I could. But it's tough because it is a relational thing and relational refers to relationship, not contact. There's a difference between having a contact with somebody and having a relationship with them. And so it, it's sometimes it's hard to share the gospel message in a way that feels authentic to you and isn't bound up with a bunch of nerves and you know is this person going to i think what you said is great you know your family like look in your own family is there a way that you can share the gospel message with people in your own family that don't yeah. have um faith uh, it's been my experience that you know as a pastor i'm assuming the majority of your friendships are with other believers and and that is absolutely the, the case um i do have you know a group of people that you know um 
we, I would hang out with Lakewood. I mean, there was like literally like 20 of us and we would get together all the time that has diminished because everybody, you know, some people have moved, we've had kids and, um, but every time we get together with them, it, it's similar experience to like yours, Chad, where they're like, <clears throat> I mean, there's, uh, Muslims in this group, there's atheists, agnostics in this group, and they're just like, Hey, how's the church going? Yeah. You know, I should try to, I should come one of these days, you know? Uh, and they want to do it as yep. a way to support. That's also not your day-to-day life, though. But that's not my day-to-day yeah. life. My day-to-day yeah. life. I mean, my day-to-day life is here. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's what yours is. Like, you guys are you guys are my my friends. Like, I don't have, I, you know, I keep in contact with some Seriously? people from high school. <laughs> I share my jerky with you <laughs> on Valentine's Day, nonetheless. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how it how it is. Yeah. I find that friendships for me are difficult because where I meet people is at church and people view me as pastor Neil Mm. and maybe you guys experience this as well where if like you don't it takes a lot to you know kind of break down those walls and people where they don't feel like they're talking to somebody that's Oh yeah. Closer to God. They apologize and, for cursing. Yeah, it's it's that. <laughs> it's that. Um yeah. I, I don't feel like I get real versions of of the majority of people. Mm. Like um This I mean, was the beauty of you and I knowing each other before we did. I mean, you were I didn't work here, you didn't work here. Yeah. Like it was it was great. That's what's great about my relationship with David, my relationship with Jared and you know, um you and I have just I mean, we've worked I think we've worked hard at communicating like you and I are the only ones here on Fridays and it hasn't happened as much lately. But I mean, there was a period of time where it was just like, let's just talk, let's Mm -hmm. just get to know one another. And, um, you know, Zach, I've known for a long time, you know, I was attending here before I was a pastor here. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard, um, to do, to do that. Um, sometimes. Yeah. I would just say to this listener too, let me add, you know, she says, she doesn't want her comfort to prevent her from being bold because she feels very compelled to do that. If you're feeling compelled, do it. Yeah. Listen to the yeah. spirit's calling. That's a, that's a priority of the spirit is the spread of the gospel and be, be bold and do it. Um, I'm not too worried about this listener. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Um, just yeah. asking the question you can tell from her tone, you know, she wants to share it. She wants to, to share God's word, um, lean into it, do it. Yeah. You'll and, be you'll be fine, <laughs> even if you get blank looks. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, if you are feeling that press, like that, the enemy's not doing that. <clears throat> He's not promoting the spread of the gospel. You know, that certainly has to come from from the Holy Spirit. This listener also adds, you know, uh, I'm curious how you approach this in your family, and I'm assuming kind of based on some other things in the email that they're referring to kids. Like, who would who do we let our kids hang out with? Um, you, well, you've talked a little bit about this with student ministry. You've had some students that have asked questions similar to this. Like, is it okay to hang out with non-Christian friends? Like, what's that look like? And as parents, Henry's six. You know, every kid has is bad company at six. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're six. They do what they want. Like, I've watched... Uh, you know, I've watched Henry tell say to Oscar, like, you want to run up and down the ramp? And Oscar's like... Okay. 
you know, <laughs> and I don't know if you've told him not to run up and down that ramp. Probably. Yeah. It's the bad he, company. Coming right. In there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> it's, it's Henry, you know? Um, so like there is, it's, it is a balance. We talked a little bit about this, you know, in the past, like, you know, we, we have kids and Henry goes to, you know, Avon school. Yeah. He, he's not in a, he's not at a private Christian school. And so the likelihood of him being around some bad company, perhaps, I don't know. I went to Christian school and there's plenty of bad company there. Perhaps at the time I was the bad company. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> don't, oh yeah, that. I didn't know. I was no. saying that to the previous. Know, you went about yourself. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> not about you. <laughs> um, so like, what is, what is that? what does that balance look like? And yeah. I don't know, we, we try to expose Henry even at six to, to certain things. Um, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, like when the, when the kids are young, you can, they'll come home. The world's going to tie them in knots. They're going to come home with the knots and then they're going to look to mom and dad to untie that knot. When they start to become teenagers, they start going to their friends. They start going to other sources. They go to Google to figure out, you know, um, yeah. is, you know, is it okay to change my gender? Is it okay to, you know, watch this type of show? Is this kind of music okay? And so, you know, this idea of exposing sin loses its power. We talked about on Sunday. In the same way, exposing people to certain things within boundaries, age-appropriate boundaries, so that it's not so enticing to them. Like, you know, you talked about... um Earlier, we were talking about not being able to watch things. Like I had the same thing, and then I just found that I craved it more. And I wasn't—it wasn't that I wanted my parents to just give me free reign, but there are certain things, like particularly with music. Henry's a drummer. Henry loves good drums, and I tell you, like Hillsong's great, or <laughs> whatever the latest Phil Wickham's great, but. That's not the kind of drumming Henry wants to listen to. And so trying to find and strike that balance between this is a, something that's secular and, you know, we certainly wouldn't let him listen to anything that's got swearing or, you know, su suggestive. And But there are certain songs, I think of a song like Sweet Child of Mine by a band called Guns N' Roses. Like that's, he likes the drum part to that. And it, I'm not a lyric guy, but I go through and I listen to the lyrics and I'm like, Okay, you know, just seems to be kind of like a love song. But then they got other songs that are horrific. They're terrible. And so it's not just shielding him completely from those things, but while he still, while I still have a voice with him, okay, buddy, did you hear that? That's a bad word. Let me tell you why that's a bad word. Or did you see that on, on the screen? You know, that's something that you shouldn't do. You should never hit somebody. And again, it needs to be age appropriate. I'm not advocating that you let your kids sin so that you could do that. But there is something to be said about exposing them to certain things because the world is going to do that at some point. Yeah, They're going to get to college, never have maybe experienced certain things, and then they're going to be like, whoa, wait a second, Like, is it okay to do this? And likely by the time they're that age, they're not going to come back to mom or dad to get the answer. The hope is, is that you've trained them and that they go to the Word. That's the hope. But again... The reality of life is like that's few that's few and far between i talked on sunday you know about doing premarital counseling and, and finding a couple that hasn't been sexually uh, intimate or active with one another before and it's like finding a unicorn like finding a like a kid who grows up in the church 
goes to college, stays in the church, stays the road, doesn't get their nose, you know, dirty in the same way that the people do. Like it's a really rare thing. So, um, but at the same time, like, you know, your kids and you, you know, them more than anybody. And so, you know, this is kind of the way that we're, you know, approaching life with Henry. Henry's naturally going to have friends that don't, you know, going to a secular school, he's naturally going to have friends that don't believe in Jesus and he'll have friends that, that do. And so it's really going to be, you know, just make sure that those lines of communication are open with, with him. Um, but yeah, exposing them. What's, what's your, you got older kids, you know? Yeah. So what do you guys do with that? I mean, your kids go to Christian school. Well, one thing, uh, going off her, you know, she used the phrase discipling, disciple, disciples. Um, her are all all of our i view it as um i had i heard a pastor say this i want to share it um our kids are the mission field not missionaries mm. so that is the primary disciple you should be discipling to be a disciple disciple is your kids that's your primary mission field mm. it's to disciple them and take the short amount of time god's given you with them and disciple them that's job number one as a parent and um, they're, you know, we're not, they're going to be a light no matter, regardless in the world, who, who, no matter who they're with, if they're in a Christian school, if they're in public school, whatever. But we are to view them as the mission field, not missionaries. We're not sending them out in the world to do our job or right. accomplish the Great Commission. They're in a, a, a period of training. Um, so that's number one, like even before your friends, uh, even maybe even before your family, your extended family, your immediate family, your kids are your primary job. Um, And to view them that way, view them as the mission field. Um, And if that means protecting them, which I think it does, I think you need to to shield them from certain things. Um, But you also need to be having conversations with them um, before the world does. Yeah. um, On these topics, on these things. Um, Things like gender, why can't, um, I just, I just bought a book, uh, for my kids. It's aimed at, it's aimed at five to nine year olds. It's called Jesus and my gender. Mm. And it's a book that the, you know, the author note, the author note inside the flap said this book never would have been written 20 years ago. It would have been deemed silly, but now we're in a context where we need this yeah. and we need it at that point. Um, the stat is, um, if, if a kid goes up, you know, the normal kids will see pornography by age nine. Yeah. That's average. Yeah. So then that, that should be influencing the questions like, when do we have the sex talk with our kids? Right. When do we talk about these things, I might be off track here a little bit, but, um, as a parent, I think that's your first job is your kids. And, um, I think shielding them to some degree is, is called for. Yeah. I, in fact, I think shielding ourselves to some degree is called for. Um, when we were talking earlier about our friends being around them and going different ways, that's going to come out in situations. And I'm like, I might make people uncomfortable here, but what happened on Sunday, the Super Bowl? What happened at halftime? Rihanna gave a very sexually explicit performance. The whole performance was centered around her chest mm. her outfit was centered so it would draw attention to her chest i watched about two minutes of it and see it and um i turned it off and it's and to be honest it wasn't really like there's been a lot of worse stuff in previous years you know you go back to the janet jackson on that but 
with your when you're with friends and you watch the Super Bowl, excuse me, it goes back to Sunday. Are you are you conscious enough to filter f- for yourself and guard your own heart? Right. Or are you going along with the world saying, well, this is, you know, everyone has to watch this. There's 113 million people watching it. Um, Let's, can we open up shielding a little bit and protecting a little bit? Cause I, I think, I think you're hitting the nail on the head, but I think in, if, if, if this is not what you mean, then just, just correct me. Shielding is not necessarily shielding children. And when I say what works going to expose Henry to certain things, not the act of doing them, but the availability of them. And what I mean by that, like Henry, this is a, going to be available in the world. There are going to be people that are going to say, you can change your gender. You can like a person of the same sex. You can cheat on your test. You can be greedy. You're like Letting him know that these things are available to him and they're coming after him. And that's what I mean by exposing him to those things. You know, with the music thing, there is some actual exposure of nothing that would be wrong for him, but exposure to something that's secular. Not all Henry will meet people. And it'll be like, this is, you know, Mr. Tom. And he's like, what church do you work at? He thinks everybody works at a church. He asked Rachel, what church is grandpa worked at? <laughs> like, yeah. like we need to let him know, like, there are other things in the world that are available. Protecting our kids, I don't think it's, it's not sh- um, sheltering them from the information of what's available. I think protecting our kids is, is letting them know what's available and how they can combat it and fight it. Is that... Am I right with that, or is there another oh, way yeah, you would for explain sure. that? Okay, um, go ahead. Well, I, I'm. I was just going down. Yeah, like, like we're we're called we're called to be holy. We're called to live set apart, to live differently than the world. Yeah, friendship with the world is enmity with God, and so and that's got to manifest itself in certain ways. We have to fundamentally look different in a, in certain ways. Restriction, yeah. And and it comes down to self-control. Yep. I mean ultimately the end of the line is self-control. Yeah. Um and uh, I forgot how we even got started down here but um we're talking about family and how do we Yeah. Um how do you what do you expose your kids to? How do you handle like can Oscar go over a friend's house that doesn't know Jesus? Yeah, I mean we we don't go that yeah, he's I mean we don't go that far. I mean we're in a we have we're in a Christian school now. I, right. I I'm I'm a big supporter of that. Um but we wouldn't certainly say he couldn't be fr- I mean he had a friend. His best friend before we went to school at North Orleans, his best friend was Muslim. Um, yeah. and it was nice to get to know their family a little bit, but Yeah. Um Yeah. Ledger's not doing anything. He's too young. <laughs> well, Have you and Liz bring, talked about this kind of stuff at all? Or I did bring this up to you last week, almost the same question, because yeah. you have a six-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old, yeah, six six yeah. and I have a 19-month-old. Yeah. And I asked something similar to this. You know, what are you doing now that he's talking and running around and able to have relationships? Um, you know, I have to prepare for all that with Ledger. Um, and... Uh, what you attach to this training your child in the way they should go conversation was really great. You said, um, I control the flow of information. Yeah. I haven't heard you say that yet with all this. You've, yeah. you've, you've kind of alluded to it, but yeah. that was, that's been a phrase that stuck with me Okay, yeah, for over a week now. Um, so you can expose them to these things of the world that, because they're going to, they're going to be exposed. Right one way or the other because of the digital age and everything that you have access to and how quick you have access to it. Like my son can already pretty much use my phone. 
And I didn't, crazy? I didn't teach him that. Right. He just found it, found our, my, my wife's phone. He just finds it <laughs> and then he figures it out. And I'm like, what in the world? They're little geniuses. Yeah. Um, but it's also because they love screens. Well, <laughs> you know, that's, we all that, do. There's something there to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, training, um, that word training in the Bible has to be attached to prevention more than cleanup. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it, it will, mm. it, yeah. you will have to attach it to clean up sometimes, but mm. training is, um, beforehand training is beforehand. You have to expect it before it comes yeah. at you. Yeah. So that's what training is. And I think that's what you guys are, are saying very clearly, very well and how to disciple your child. And, um, and yeah, to, to what you just said about friendships, your adult friendships, if we go back to that, um, you said friendship with the world is enmity with God. And maybe this listener or somebody listening is like, well, then we can't have friends. <laughs> well, right. that word, that word's a little different yeah. than, than your buddies that you're hanging out with or people that you are in relationship with who don't know Christ yet and that you're trying to love and, and celebrate and see them in the image of God and, and hope for their salvation. Um, friendship with the world is enmity with God means your allegiance, like you said a bit ago. Yeah. Is your are you being influenced by that crowd that you're running with more than you're able to be able to filter in certain situations like the Super Bowl parties, for example, um, and and make sure that your allegiance stays with Christ, yeah. it stays with your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is where I'm I'm standing um, my ground in, but I'm also to be in the world, as Paul says, and. Not of it. That phrase, the world, is tough, right? For God so loved the world. Mm -hmm. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Yeah. <laughs> loves the world. So you, you got to look at, like, in context, like, what does he mean by the world? And, you know, do not love the world or anything in the world. That's talking about those works of the flesh, those those sinful yeah. desires. For God so loved the world. He loved his creation. He, he loved his... Um, not just, I mean, you read scripture, like when when sin is done, all of creation is groaning, waiting for God to restore everything. Like we talked about, we were talking about Genesis uh, today um, and just how much is in Genesis 1 through 3. And you look at the, you look at what God put into the creation of the world and then he would sit back and go, well, that's good. <laughs> like that's, he... He loved his creation. He loved us as um, his creation created in his image. And so when you see those things like the world and not being being in the world, not of the world, I think it's really important. Well, you and I were talking about that flow of information. I mm -hmm. like you want your hand on on this on the spigot, if you will. Yeah. You know, your faucet. Like the, the world is going to drench our children in sin. It drenches us with sin. And yeah. my hope is, is that when Henry's exposed to those things and I talk about those things with him now, I'll be able to take him to the word and go, you know, and that's what I always, always do. And again, as he's getting older, we're able to do that more when you got really young kids, it's hard for them to process through that. But I never want to say because I said so. I want to say because mm. because God said so. Amen. And then like take them back and go see. This is what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, Dad, why can't boys be girls and girls be boys? You know, it, I want to take him to the Word and show him because Henry's six and I'll be forty four. Odds are the majority of Henry's life, or at least half of it. We don't know how long Henry has, but if Henry lives to be. 80 on average, Henry will spend the majority of his life without me around. 
unless the Lord does something unique and keeps me alive to 100. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we need a lot of pills <laughs> to do that. Um, this is going to be around. Mm-hmm. Like, this will be around. And so if we can if we can take our kids here and explain it here, I think that that's it. Um, it's so tough, though, and, and, like, you hear the heart of this particular listener in this, you know, this email. Um, and I happen to know this, you know, listener a little bit. And, like, your kids, like, you love your kids <laughs> so yeah. much. And um, Rachel said this thing. She saw this meme the other day, and... Uh, it said something along the lines of I um somebody said like I, I would die for my kids. Like I love my kids so much I would die for them. And it's like, well, do you love your kids so much you would live for them? And the idea was like, will you actually live your life to help your children do what they need, do what they want, you know, and, and as you connect that to your faith with God, will you live your life in a way that is actually light and salt for your kids? We we know you die for them, but like, will you take the time to live for them? That'll preach. I yeah, Rachel said that, and I was like, oh man, like that was very impactful um, for me. Uh, and I think about that with our faith, like you know, I've heard, and this was something back in the eighties, I think, when my um, dad was preaching and stuff, you know. You know, how serious do you take your faith if somebody walked into the church right now and said, if you're you know, with a machine gun and, you know, if you're a Christian, stand up and they're killing all the Christians and they, would you die for your faith? Okay, I know you die for Jesus, but will you live for Jesus? Like, it's that there's just something about that that I thought that was impactful mm-hmm. as it relates to kids and certainly our faith as well. But it's a great question. Um, thank you for, for asking it. We can, Mark, you want to read our next question? Sure. Which one's next? Uh, so the, the next one will pastor be pastor dudes, pastor dudes. Yeah. Right. The other one I emailed, get some clarity on. So good morning, <laughs> pastor dudes. When I study Leviticus, I see the organization and structure of the need for priests who would represent the coming Messiah to remain pure and intercede on the behalf of the Israelites during the day of atonement. However, when reading Hebrews, we see that Jesus is the better priest who has fulfilled everything necessary to bring full redemption to God's people through faith. My question is, do we still need physical human men to represent Christ in a priest setting? Or is that misleading and redirecting believers from the new covenant that Jesus established over 2,000 years ago? It seems to me that their daily duties and annual feasts and ceremonies were in preparation for the Messiah. But he's been here, and now we have the Holy Spirit to convict us and God's holy word to guide us. Thank you for considering my question. So at the heart of this is the need for priests. And he really kind of answers his own question, and he even cites his source in the book of Hebrews. <laughs> right. Um, I noticed that. <laughs> the, the book of Hebrews is a letter to the Hebrews or the Jewish people basically telling them that Jesus is the better priest. He's the, he's the ultimate priest, um, the high priest that we have now from his ascension to eternity. And he is the better Moses. He's the better Abraham. Uh, he is the better everything. And uh, Hebrews makes the case. It dismantles the whole system for the the cultic Levitical um, priesthood and says it's no longer needed because Christ has gone to the Holy of Holies in the presence of God and torn down the veil through his sacrifice on the cross. And now those sacrifices uh, that were made, established in the book of Leviticus, are no longer needed. And um, really, he is kind of dead on here. 
So do we need physical men to re represent Christ in a pre-setting? No, we do not. And that is um, that was the role of priests in the Old Testament. So when um, Adam was created, he was kind of given this role of prophet, priest, and king. And then after the fall, we see that role disseminated into multiple men. Men, Certain men would be doing the priest role, there'd be prophets, and then eventually there'd be kings. So Adam, who was in charge of having all that, doing all of those roles, he failed at that. And so uh, throughout Leviticus, throughout the Torah, we see the establishment of the priesthood. Uh, we see later prophets introduced once um, more so once they start failing at the at the law. Um, and then the kingly line established through David. Um, but the priests, their role was to go from the people to God. They took the sins of the people and then represented the people toward God. Prophets had kind of the opposite role. They would come from God and bring the message to the people. And then uh, the kings would be in charge of everybody. Um, so do we need somebody to represent us, uh, an, um, a mediator to go between us and to, to, to God? Yes, we do need that. And that role is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and that's all we need. <clears throat> we can go straight to the throne of grace because Jesus sits there uh, intercessing on our behalf. We don't have to go through another man. Hebrews makes it very clear. We don't need that anymore. Um, this is... Um, a big point of contention with the Catholic Church mm -hmm. and the the priesthood that they still maintain. Uh, I I cannot get through the Book of Hebrews and believe that 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 is in their Bible too, because yeah. <laughs> um, it just is so clear. Um, you know, long ago God spoke in many ways. Now He speaks through His Son. So that that point was driven home after Jesus died and was resurrected and ascended, and then seventy A.D. the Romans destroyed the Jewish temple, and that put an end to the entire uh, Levitical system of animal sacrifice, sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. Um, that was put to an end, and it hasn't returned since, and it will never return because <laughs> uh, Christ has died once and for all for the sins of the world. The world. The world. <laughs> Jay, do you have thoughts? Uh, yeah, you can also read the Word of God on your own. You don't need a priest to read it to you. You don't need a go-between um, that only gets to open the Word of God on uh, on their time that will teach you later. Um, I think there's also the confusion about a man closer to God, like a priest, like you said earlier, mm -hmm. and then somebody else will know Pastor Neil mm -hmm. um, and, or Pastor whoever. And, and like you said, yes, swear, actually, I, swear in front of them and go, sorry about that. I, wanted, I wanted to bring that up too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, that confusion of, of pastor yeah. and priest or even prophet or even king. That's right. Because um, people will make that argument. Well, Miriam, you know, she was a prophetess. Mm -hmm. That wasn't pastor. <laughs> it's, not yeah, the same, no. it's not the same job. No. It's yeah. not the same title. It's not the same role. Yeah. Same with priest. We're not priests. Right. We're not prophets. Yeah, um, there's there's a little bit of um, crossover between priest and pastor, and that's the elder representation. Yeah, that was there. Yeah, a decision, a decision maker. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a big difference, difference in requirements and difference in duties. 
Like think about the requirements. You go to uh, Leviticus 21 for the requirements of a priest and they're weird, right? You can't shave bald patches. Like you can't shave yeah. your beard. Like, you know, uh, it had to be a Levite. Like there's just a list of things. And then Jesus comes in and is the great high priest. Is he a Levite or is he, a, is he, is he from Judah? Right. Yeah. So he's already up. He's already like upsetting the apple cart. Um, and different duties too. You know, what you said is dead on. Like they, they were the go between, between, you know, people and, and the Lord. And that's what you see in the, in the Catholic church. Now this hierarchy, you know, where you've got the Pope and then you've got, uh, bishops and then, uh, you know, archbishops and cardinals are chosen from the bishops. And then you've got priests and then you've got deacons. There's like this chain of command that it ends with the Pope, this individual who has a unique access to, to God. So that priesthood, that priestly system was eliminated. And then what we get in Ephesians chapter four is God saying, well, God gave these gifts to the church and he gives us a list. And so the requirements for a priest were coming from places like Leviticus 21. The requirements for a pastor uh, or an elder in the church come from 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, 1 Peter 5. Well, the the requirements come from 1 Timothy 3 and, and um, Titus 1. And then our duties or part of our duties come from you know, Peter chapter five about caring for the flock, not lording it over them. So there's just a massive difference between requirements. And so what God did now, and where priests were more administrators of what God um, required and and were more focused on carrying out duties, pastors are caring for people. You know, that's the instruction you get from first Peter to care for the flock that has been entrusted to you. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a much different uh, approach. And you see this with Jesus, you know, fulfilling and and satisfying the law, the the requirement, you know, during his crucifixion after he dies, you know, that veil is torn, like you said, but then there's this shepherding that takes place, him, him being with the people and that, that relationship. Um, So, yeah, there is there is a I think a big difference between um certainly priests today, but yeah, I love that this listener really did a great job <laughs> answering their own yeah. uh, question. Um Yeah, in the kingdom of God we are a people of priests. Right. That's we're right. A, royal priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. So yeah. you if you're a saint, you are a priest. <laughs> if you're a believer, you are a priest. Right. Yeah. Because you can go to God um directly. God doesn't hear from him more clearly than you. <laughs> no, no, no way she performed. But, yeah. but again, you think about, you know, the demographic of our church and where we're at in Northern Ohio. It's a lot of, our yeah. church is a lot of former Catholics that where we try not to lean into the perception of being holy and set apart they're coming from something that that does the opposite. They lean into that, mm-hmm. um, where only a priest can do these certain. I mean, even in the building, even in a Catholic church, like they're they they can walk through these certain places within um, the church that other people aren't permitted to because yeah. they've got you know they've got their own holy of holies, so to speak, where they can they can go and other people can't even you know step foot in those things. And that that to me just doesn't. Um, line up with anything like you said you can't read Hebrews and come out of there with like yeah you should still keep you should still keep priests and that's that's where it kind of comes from um, 
I think, you know, or, or a question like this, but trying to, and we talk about untying knots and that's a lot of what we do. Uh, now a lot of what I do is, you know, take people um, that have grown up in a particular faith, particularly Catholicism and going, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we celebrate Lent here? Why don't we, you know, um, why don't we pray to Mary? Or confess, yeah. or confess, yeah, confess to another man for our sins <clears throat> to be forgiven, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and what James says, you know, confess your sins one another that you may be healed. It's not what that's talking about. Yeah, you, you know, you're gonna read the whole of, well, I mean, the whole of James, um, but that particular section of, of scripture, it's it, it's not this cause and effect type of thing um, that is taught. But this is a great question, and you know, thank you for asking it and for answering it. Um, so they say, do we still need, you know, physical human men to represent Christ in a priest setting? Answer is no. But do we still need physical physical men to represent Christ? Yeah, I mean, we're all Christ's ambassadors, and so God has shifted that, and not a representation, but a caring for the flock in you know, what He's given to the church and pastors and um, you know the evangelists, like people like we were talking about now. And so it's focused more on a kind of a care a care thing. Um, but yeah, I think this is a a very good question, and thank you for for asking it any final thoughts on anything in the world beef jerky <laughs> are you gonna bring food next week i don't know <laughs> I guess so. are you coming back to the very it's very perplexed <laughs> yeah <laughs> of all the things that i thought would throw throw mark off that was it <laughs> yeah well mark goes straight to smoking meats and he's like that's gonna be a long day i'm gonna bring in smoked meats <laughs> yeah, yeah. be up all night but we can't show people they can eat bacon. So yeah. it's also a plus. Yeah. Henry was, uh, we were at the store the other day and I looked in the cart and there was bacon in the cart. And I was like, did you do that? And he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Kid is hooked. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so good. We went to, uh, we were at Walmart and um, their price of bacon was, I shouldn't, it was way better. Yeah. And, and it was good. That great value. Yeah. Bacon. It was, it was good enough. Try, I got them on a, a two pack. A Costco month. Costco has four pounds for fifteen dollars. Whoa! Yeah, that's what we got for the men's breakfast. That's super good. That's so uh, yeah. That's like worth a Costco membership right there. <clears throat> what do we do with that stuff? Because we wanted. We used it. We used for, the bacon. Oh, yeah. for CR. Yeah, we as in the. Well, no, we used the bacon at, at the men's breakfast. Oh, did we? we oh, made okay. It, yeah, and okay. We've used some of it for, for CR since then. The rest of the stuff, yeah. Yeah, because that was. You guys were gonna make eggs. Were you you specifically were gonna make eggs? Was ended up making pancakes. Yeah. So there's not as many eggs in there. Um, I'll take some today, maybe. I keep forgetting. Ten dozen still. Ten dozen. Really? Oh, it didn't look like that many in there. Yeah. I go through a lot of eggs. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. I had eggs this morning and and some bacon. You still cook in the kitchen? You no. You were doing that for a while. Not really. Not really. I feel like I would come in sometimes <laughs> on a Friday and you'd be making an omelet for yourself in the kitchen or something. Yeah. You, know, so. you just got to work out in. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. How's that going? You still training at church? Not as much. No? Not as much. You do it at home now? Are you afraid that we're gonna somebody's going to catch you? Yeah. yeah. You do it. It's fine. You I've been can... caught now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you admitted it. It was good. Yeah. Well... Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Thank you for your uh, thoughts. And if you would like to submit a question to the atrium, you can email uh, podcast at hopechristianchurch.com or you can text 440-HOPE-222. Any question, well, no question, I should say. All questions are off limits. (laughs) (laughs) 
No question. <laughs> his his off limits. Whoa. Are you guys doing a, any dinner, special dinner for Valentine's Day, anything like that? Piano Nothing? lessons. Our kids have piano lessons. So they're watching Teenage yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles then? Yeah. Tonight. Well, no, our, also our school has like their big annual meeting tonight. And so, uh, and, and CC6, so I don't know what Oh, no, is do. she? Yeah. Oh. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> was she got like stuffy nose, that whole thing? She woke up with a fever in the middle of the night. Oh. Was she just like standing in the around. bathroom in the in the dark, staring <laughs> right. at you? <laughs> no. She only does that when she's healthy. Right. Yeah. Um, Henry gotcha. was playing the drums yesterday after service, and she was doing an expressive dance oh. in front of the drums. Cece was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She just... She, it was good. <laughs> like, I, I talked on Sunday about, you know, how, how we, you know, hit these stages in life, and... How our sin is evident. I talked about you know going out when you're in your 20s and wanting to dance, and nobody wants yeah. to see that. And the majority of us can't dance, but she she was nailing it. Like he was, he was I did, there was some guy in there yesterday. I, I I didn't recognize him, and he was just watching Henry. He's like, "Is that your kid?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "How's he?" Now like, I don't know. <laughs> he's just getting it done. <laughs> uh, he he enjoys it. He wanted so badly yesterday. He's like, "Can we turn him on?" Like so I can hear the sound. I've let him do that a couple times during the week. Yeah, it blows his mind. Because it's so, I mean, you crank it up and you yeah. can like feel it in your chest. And uh, like it gets loud at home, but even acoustic drums can only push out so much dB. But we've got these giant subwoofers under the stage. And every time you hit that kick, it like pounds you in the chest. He's like, oh, I need more. I'm like, not on a Sunday, man. <laughs> like it's just a little bit too crazy. But all good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And again, if you have questions, uh, submit them to the podcast. And that's it. Have a wonderful week. Happy Valentine's Day. See ya. Bye. See ya.